Coming to you from 8122 Production Studios in the heart of the 607, this is Horror Zone 607. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And remember, you can always join the conversation using hashtag HZ607. holidays and welcome back to horror zone 607 with me as always is my excellent panel my co-hosts first of all you know him as the guy who once beat chuck norris in a staring contest rich that's right he had did not stand a chance but it was only once yeah but you know what? that's all that counts nobody all nobody counts. cares that's true nobody cares if i lost a hundred times just that one time just that one yeah. time that's what matters it's just like the the movie train wrecked the, the the guy the 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 guy there that was friends with LeBron the doctor sure. as soon as he scored that one point he's like I win I scored a point on you it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it doesn't matter I scored a point on you I won you did there it is and it happened it's history it's history nobody's taking that away from can't you. take it back <laughs> and also with us as always he's the owner of eight one two two production studios he's our friend Ron hey what's happening. All right, so normally we start out the shows you guys know from listening with all kinds of different news and uh, and things like that. Today, unfortunately, we have some sad news to pass along, and we're going to mostly talk through the first segment about uh, about this. Uh, the gentleman who mostly played Jason in uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two uh, with the Sackhead version of Jason, Steve Dash, who at the time was known as Steve Dashkowitz, uh, sadly passed away yesterday. From complications of diabetes. Diabetes. diabetes for a while. Yeah. Last, uh, I do believe, the beginning of this month, he was taken to the hospital and lost a leg. Originally, yeah. yeah, he had had a lot of complications from the heart attack also, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he had a lot of issues, um, but he did have his one of his legs amputated two weeks ago. Thought he was going to be all right. Had some positive um, news about that. Uh, thought he would be back out on the golf course within about six weeks. And uh, unfortunately, we got the news that he did pass away today. Uh, 74 years of age. Uh, so I thought, you know, Friday the 13th Part 2 is my personal favorite in the series, uh, one of the most beloved horror series of them all. So I thought we'd kind of dedicate most of this first segment to that series and talking about the job that he did as Jason and the movie in general. So, you know, as I said, uh, Sackhead Jason, he was my personal favorite. Uh, part 3 was probably my second favorite. I know everybody loves Kane Hodder and, and whatnot, but yeah. I just love the way he moved around in the second one. Uh, it was more he was just a man, and I think that that was more terrifying than any zombie Jason. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. He, he was my favorite in the whole series, and uh, you know, it's, it's a great movie. And uh, I just want to get your guys' take on that. No. Oh, oh it, was, it was an awesome movie. I just watched it recently with uh, my kid who's getting into horror movies. Woo-hoo. So we watched part one and part two. And uh, there was a lot of good... I, I mean, today, looking at it, I mean, it was good. But it, a lot of physical comedy from him in that movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, there was. He did, a, like, a little... I, I was always a fan of the performance because it was, like, the most human Jason we've probably ever seen. Uh, due to the fact that like there's a scene in the movie for those who don't remember where she's uh, the the final girl's under the bed hiding from him and he is standing on a chair 
And when she comes out and realizes he's standing out of the chair, he goes to stab her, but the chair falls apart as he goes to stab her, so he hits the ground. And the pitchfork breaks. Out. Yeah, the pitchfork breaks. And so she gets out, which is phenomenal. Like, you... like. Some people would be like, oh, man, why would you put that in a movie? Like, no, that's great. It was. It's humanizing, but it also was really a good scene. There was, but there was a bigger, bigger question in that scene, since you brought that up first here. I, I think all of our listeners want to know, is was it Ginny or the mouse that urinated? Ooh. I know. That is a good one. But that's how he knows that she's in the room. It is. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming it was her. I don't know if she got so fear. scared that she wet her pants. That was or a the, lot of that was a lot of liquid for a mouse. It really was, and it kind of came out from the under the bed, uh, like the the bottom part of the bed. Oh yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't know how the mouse could have done that. It was it was a pretty big yeah. mouse. It was a rat. It was yeah. something big. Yeah, maybe he, maybe he had been out drinking with them the night before. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, everybody was out partying hard. They were at the casino. By the way, you know the worst part about that is like nobody comes home during that whole time. You're right. Like at that end of that movie, nobody comes home. No. No, Ted was actually a surprisingly uh, survivor in that movie. Yeah, yeah, survivor guy. It's not, <laughs> he really was. He's not named Tommy Jarvis. Well, he would have been like the first one I would have thought that would have died in that movie. Practical Joker and running around with a mask on. Yeah, but he gets, the best part about that is when they leave him at the bar. Ted's at the bar. And like they're like, oh, make sure you know, let somebody else drive. Don't drive. Be responsible. Stop drinking. As soon as they walk out, he's like, oh, let me get two more of those. <laughs> it's so good. I love that guy. Oh, Ted, Ted was great. But, but technically, you could count him as a killer because it was his spear that was used to stab through two people to shish kebab them while they were having right. coitus in bed. Ooh, yeah. coitus. Ooh. Jason, Jason hates there, the coitus. There was some uh, Jason whoopies. does hate the coitus. They were making whoopee. Yes, they were. But he used the spear that Ted uh, had set up with his mask when he scared them with the Jason story earlier. Now, what I want to know, there's a bigger question about that, too. What was Ted doing with a real spear? <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe that, they thought that was that the was, 80s. That's, <laughs> that's that, true. That was a normal toy back then. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but it is home to one of my favorite kills in the history of, of Friday the 13th. Which one is that? That is the wheelchair. Oh. Shitty to the face. You and know, it goes down all the stairs. <laughs> you know, and here's the thing. Of all those movies, and again, that one's that one is my favorite in the whole series. The first one is a, is a close second. But part five, which I'm not going to really get talking about here, part five is the most mean-spirited one, but... Oh, Part absolutely. two has got a lot of that in it, too. Absolutely. Yeah, the guy's in a wheelchair, hey, for listen, God's no, sake. No, 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 no. Listen, that guy is like the luckiest dude. He's got he's got a chick that just wants to grind on him. Make sure that that part works. She's all over him. Ask him, hey, does everything? And he's like, yeah. And that's why you have to feel bad for when he dies, because she goes to freshen up so he, she can get, he can get some nookie. Now, mind you, he's already in a wheelchair. He's going to get some nookie. She goes and puts on those sexy panties, because they went, well, those, sexy, those sexy, for the early, ones? Yeah. sexy for the early 80s. She goes over, because you get to see that scene. And while she's doing that, he takes a machete to the face in a, in a rainstorm and goes down like the steepest flight of stairs in the history of man. <laughs> My health teacher went down a set of stairs in high school like that in our library, but that's a different story. <laughs> but then she comes back and she's like, it's time to bang the dude in the chair. Like he's got a roll around that I could just strap myself onto. <laughs> and he's about to get lucky, man. And he's already dead. She doesn't and even know finds... that he just rolled down. How many yeah. sets of stairs into the water? Probably. Yeah, well, she doesn't even know she's in trouble. So she goes upstairs and I finds know. the uh, bodies of two other people. Well, no, one other person, because Jason's in the bed with that person. Remember? Well, she finds both of them, the girls in the bed. Well, with no, Jason yeah, yeah. And the guys Jason, hanging when behind she pulls the door. Back, he pops up. Yeah. You know, ah, Which is probably yeah. one of the scariest yeah. uh, scenes in the whole series. That's pretty so awesome. many good things about that movie, though. <laughs> it and was. 
You know, Steve Dash, uh, from what I understand, uh, our friend Jimmy Gazdick, who was on our debut episode, actually had a chance to meet him uh, the same day that I took my tour of the original set. Uh, he was in Blairstown, the town that uh, they filmed the village scenes in early on in the movie, and he met him and just said what a wonderful guy he was. Everybody all over Twitter today that posted about it was talking about how much he genuinely cared about his fans. Um, are we allowed to talk about the little tidbit no, I don't know. Well, I don't know how close that was actually being to being done. Uh, he, he was a big uh, person on the convention rounds. Yeah, that's how I found out this morning because uh, I got a kind of like a message from some people like that I that I've made friends at conventions with, and they were already putting it up. And the bloody disgusting didn't even put up an article like until two hours later. Yeah, you were the one of the after, first ones yeah, to break yeah. it. So I put it out there. We got a lot of hits on Twitter for it. Yeah, we did. There was over 1,200 uh, of them last that I saw. Now that I'm happy about that because I would have traded off, uh, we possibly were going to get a chance to meet and interview him in October. Yep. Uh, there's a possibility there. I know he was a person that was talked about as far as being at a sci-fi and horror festival. Uh, unfortunately, obviously not now, but I mean, so keep your eyes out. Once again, Horror Zone 607 will be a sci-fi and horror festival October 4th and 5th. Uh, Oneana, New York at the Oneana Foothills Performing Arts Center. There's my little pitch and plug. Shameless. Hey, it's, it's not even shameless. Like, we're, you know, they're letting us be a part of this. They so, are. Yeah. You're right. We gotta, we gotta and put we it love out them there. for that. And I know it's out Good there. And the, and the first announcements. I also want to thank Tiffany for, for friending me on Facebook personally. Yes, she's awesome. She is awesome. It was really nice talking with her up at Scaricon over the, oh, back in October. So She's yeah. the best. And on top of that, like I said, uh, the January 3rd will be the first announcement for first big uh, celebrity there, Can't yeah. So yeah, we were there was that de- he was definitely in talks about being there. I don't know if it was ever finalized. Obviously, with it being so far out, you know, some things are not finalized, right? If you will. Well, plus you had those health issues going on, right? So. You know, that everybody was watching that. So, I mean, even if he was alive, I don't know if he would have been making it to things. I mean, right? He's a little, you know, I'm sure he would have tried, but one, he's one leg less, and you know, yeah, because like I said, it, it was it's bad, and you know, when diabetes gets that bad, and especially adding a heart condition or along with it you know it's probably hard for him to you know keep the diabetes in check and keep his heart Blood in check clots and, too just just yeah know. just one bad thing after another it's, just, going uh, on. it's a horrible situation i, I want to wish it on anybody and especially somebody who i admire their body of work which kind of really sucks it's not the news you want to wake up to like i said All right we always get to look at his body of work he did a lot of other like uh horror movies he uh, he was an equalizer uh, mm-hmm. He was that famously in not even a horror movie, but he was in FX. He was a stuntman for in the movie. Oh, FX. I did not know that. Uh, he also uh, was in It Comes at Night or Comes yeah. in the Dark. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, that came out shortly after uh, the year after uh, Part Two of Friday the Thirteenth, so nineteen eighty two, and uh, he plays kind of a, a slasher killer in that as well. Mm-hmm. He's a stunt guy for the slasher killer in that movie. Uh, and then later on, he was in like a bunch of different like b- more indie stuff that. Uh, you know, harken back to the, you know, the, the part that he played in part two of Friday the 13th. So, I mean, he definitely was appreciative of the role. He was big on the convention circuit. Uh, he was very meetable. He he took a lot oh, yeah. of dates. He met a lot of fans. That's why a lot of people say such nice things about him. So he loved his role as Jason, obviously. And he continued on in that field for, for quite a while. He did a, he did a little guest yeah. spots and stuff and a bunch of stuff. And according to him on any of the documentary move, uh, movies that they've made, um, about the Friday the 13th series, mm-hmm. he was single-handedly responsible for the hockey mask coming into play. Now, there was people that disputed that, but he insisted 
Yeah, well, every interview he ever did about well, it, he insisted that it was because they used like a double-sided tape on the inside of that mask and taped it to the one eye hole that was in the sack, and it caused like burns on his forehead, on his face, and uh, they didn't want to do that again. They didn't want to put a stuntman through that again. So supposedly that's why, yeah. in part three, the hockey mask made its debut and the sack went away. Well, that's 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 fine. I mean, I I I don't dispute it because I don't I wasn't there. Right. So you know, it's one person's word against another, and everybody always wants to take credit for something. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I I want to be surprised because he's the one that was in the mask. He was the one in the mask. You gotta you gotta you gotta look at that. I do believe he was attached to Thirteen Fanboy as well. Yes, he was. He was actually we going about. to be uh, or it was supposed to be in that, which it's still in pre-production. So I'm guessing that it's he uh, didn't film anything. Yeah, up I would to guess this point. if he did, then we got real lucky. But uh, yeah. it was still in pre-production. It was one of the, if you guys don't remember, 13 Fanboy is one of the movies we've been uh, talking about a lot lately. Uh, Friday the 13th, uh, fan film, if you will, indie film. Uh, I wouldn't say fan film because it is being done by Deborah Voorhees, who, you know, has been successful, especially as a character in Friday the 13th. So. Yeah, part five. She was the naked girl laying in the laying on the ground and yes. uh, got the shears right through the eyes and then snapped together. So yes. she had a pretty memorable evil-spirited but there was Death. a lot of the, the, the synopsis of that uh, movie uh, is a killer taking out people from that franchise, and Steve Dash was right. in, involved with that. So, unfortunately, we unless they shot something that I don't know about, we are not going to get to see that, which kind of sucks. But. Right. Well, it is unfortunate. I uh, didn't want to have to start the show this way, but uh, we do want to send our condolences to Steve's family and friends. And, um, yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so really not a lot of other news. Uh, we're close to Christmas and, and the rest of the holidays. Uh, so horror is kind of uh, on a quiet uh, downtime at the moment. But there was a couple of things uh, that we wanted to bring to you this week. Uh, first of all, uh, there was a um, creepy pasta story uh, about a Russian sleep study and they're making Russian, it into a film the russian sleep experiment it's uh been around for a while it yeah. was a creepypasta yeah it's been since been put to a really a, a video kind of element with a creepy one that's on youtube yeah just type in russian sleep experiment it's trust me it's the one with a ton of hits it's right at the top uh so uh studio has uh picked that up and is going to make a movie about it uh, it's a really creepy story. Uh, the synopsis of the story, if you've never seen it, like I said, I would say to watch it, but I'll give you a quick overload of it. Basically, it's based on the fact that uh, Russian scientists were doing uh, experiments on some people who they would not let sleep uh, and seeing what would happen to somebody if they didn't sleep. And what ended up happening when they finally saw these people is that they, they were cannibalizing on one another, ripping their own flesh off. It was it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Sounds like a Tuesday. Begging, night I think house. I think at the end of the story, the one the one that's still alive is begging for them to kill it. Yeah, it's it's crazy, yeah. man. It's a crazy story. Check it out. I just gave you a quick one, but I think it'll be a great. I think if if you can make a decent movie and it's in the right hands, that movie will be great. I bet you it'll be better than Slender Man. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet, and we'll we're gonna be talking more about that yes, in a segment coming yes. up uh, towards the end of the show here today. Right. But yeah, I'm, from what I hear, you're probably my, right. My famous tease right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only other piece of news that I've got, and this one is near and dear to our friend Rich's heart. Uh, there is a couple of different uh, critters reboots or something or other coming up uh one of them apparently it's actually going to be made for the sci-fi network it's coming next year um there was also one i don't know it was it was going to be crowdfunded um i don't know if it was going to be a fan film i don't know if it was going to be a short i'm not quite sure what it was but it was gonna be called uh, critters a new binge yes 
Uh, so the the first the first one you mentioned, uh, there is a made for sci fi movie being shot early next year, so early in twenty nineteen for the sci fi network that's going to be based on critters. Uh, there's no title to that one yet. Uh, the one you were talking about is uh, from the director of the classic movie Zombievers, uh, Jordan <laughs> Rubin. He was uh, he was doing a, I don't know if it was crowdfunded or funded by Verizon because he was going to be doing a web series, which is Critters New, a new binge for Verizon's Go ninety uh, mobile video service that Verizon has since shut down. So after it was shut down, there was a little bit of uh, crowdfunding that went on because people still wanted to see it. Because like me, there's people who are fans of the campy cheesy critters movie and i love it so you know don't you judge me if you will no it's fine <laughs> I, I love the first couple so crowdfunded some of it uh they've been shooting it and we have got a confirmation bloody disgusting reported in an update because originally they didn't know if they were going to be able to put it out they've announced that it is confirmed that critters a new binge has wrapped filming and a release announcement is coming soon so we will know very shortly about a new critters movie i can't wait we were looking through some of the pictures here i don't remember pictures if I, look amazing i don't know if i put it up on the site or not if not by the time you hear this i'll definitely make sure that's up so go ahead and check out the facebook page horizon 607 uh the pictures are awesome yeah it's all that practical. looks really cool it's all practical and they did an amazing job in my estimation just looking at the pictures so if they took care of that much detail and just pictures i can only imagine this movie is going to be great uh with that being said i'm saying great because it's it's gonna be cheesy and corny because that's what critters was yeah but that's what yeah. made it fun <laughs> it was good it's like attack of the killer tomatoes how that's many of them fun. were there uh, four, i wasn't a five, fan of that series four, so. five, four yeah. five i thought there was yeah. at least that many it Four went. or five, and there was only one person that came back in all of them. Uh, that was Judd. Was it Judd? I, I was, was hoping was it was going to be the llama. Or is it Chud? What is it? I don't know. Oh, no, you're not. It's been he, a while. In the first movie, he was just like the town loser. And then he goes to space with the spaceman who comes to save it. And then in subsequent movies, he becomes the space hero, which is kind of funny because he was the town loser. I do remember that. You remember that part? Yeah. yeah. He, he was in I've all of them. I put most of those out of my mind. I think I saw <laughs> maybe the first three of them. All I remember is I think it was the second one. A stick of dynamite or something blows up, and like the stuffed animal that they were using as a critter just kind of tips over. We got a lot of laughs out of that. Okay, so the, the plot for the movie is the critters return to Earth in search of one of their kin who was left behind years ago during an earlier mission. They land in Burbank, California, where they wreak havoc on a group of high schoolers, high schoolers and their families. The creative team, team behind Zom Beavers, Jordan Rubin, John Kaplan, and Al Kaplan, wrote and executive produced with Rubin also directing. So, Do we really team. call that a creative team? Do, 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 do you fail to realize that there's archive footage of adult, uh, Adolf Hitler in the movie, in the first movie? No. That's, oh that's kind of... They actually have that on IMDb as themselves. Uh, wow, yeah. he's credited in that movie. That's yes, kind of, he is credited in that movie. In a weird way, that's kind of awesome, but kind of also... Poor choice, poor choice, but yeah. whatever. Either way, it's not good. We'll take we'll Brad. take it and leave it, right? <laughs> it, it was played by Brad Dorif, right? Well, what? the one character was played by Brad Dorif, I believe, right? No, now? Brad is the character you're talking. Oh, about. Oh, Brad is the character yeah. I'm talking about. Scott Grimes. Scott Grimes played him. Okay, yeah. yeah, I can I can see him, but I can't. I just couldn't remember his name for some reason. Ah, uh, yes, it's been a while. I believe his uh, his most uh, recent acting credit was in party of five if i'm not mistaken really i believe so yeah because he has a really he has a real distinct look he's a real skinny guy yeah he's got uh, red hair doesn't he uh, reddish hair brownish reddish reddish yeah. brown yeah. hair he's, i'm pretty sure he was on party of five from what pretty, I, remember. I, I, I bet he was but it, like i said he's i loved him in that movie like i said if you watch the first one he's the town loser uh he's friends with the kid 
So, you know, that's how far down the food chain he is. Uh, he, they they kind of lead you to believe that he's a little uh, special. And when uh, the guy who comes from space to save the day uh, leaves, he takes him with him. Ah. And then Brad becomes a space. And I think at some point in Junction, he becomes a bad guy. Like he gets in I thought so too. or something. Yeah, it's weird. But, something happens. He gets like possessed or yeah, something. Yeah, something weird, man. But and it, also, that's the only reference to a Party of Five we'll ever have on this show, so I probably. just want to point that out. Although it's probably the scariest thing I've ever seen on television. So, yeah. so if you guys have any thoughts or anything to anything we talked about, if you want to share with us your memories of Steve Dash, whether it be from Friday the 13th Part 2, or, you know, or just Friday the 13th Part 2 in general on this one, or any other movie he did, or you want to talk about your love of critters like mine and tell me that you're with me in solidarity, or you know anything else... Or you just want to see the art, some of the stuff we put up. We put up a really cool picture that they're doing for the new uh, version of Rabbit coming out. Uh, there's a really cool picture. I, sorry, we're not talking about because it's a picture. The practical movie magic. Just look at the site. Go to HorrorZone607 on Facebook. Or you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at HorrorZone607. And for all of our social medias, join the conversation by using hashtag HZ607. All right. Thanks, Rich. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more from HorrorZone607. <laughs> Welcome back to the zone and uh, don't adjust your channels. It was uh, usually Mike opens up this part, but uh, while we were doing a little bit of a uh, break, because even though you guys hear that musical break, when we break up segments, we usually take a quick break, you know, grab a drink, you know, whatever. Uh, we uh, got the Hellboy trailer that was supposed to come out tomorrow. Yeah. Just... Uh, we, we've reported on uh, our, our 8122 Productions uh, brother uh, channel, Three Fat Nerds. Originally, it was put out on Monday that it was coming out on Thursday. Well, we got it early on a Wednesday in the middle of our podcast. <laughs> we did. <laughs> so uh, we stopped and took an extra minute so we could actually watch the trailer because why wouldn't we? So... Uh, we'll just talk about what we saw in the trailer. The trailer, I, I thought the trailer looked very good, and it has me excited to see this movie. Uh, I like, I liked a lot of the comedy. From even the trailer, it looks like it's going to be more violent. Uh, I mean, you do have a scene in the trailer where where Hellboy shoots somebody's <laughs> like face off. Like, yeah. it's not their head doesn't disappear, but it, it's just like boop hole through it. Just blows yeah. it out in the middle of a trailer. Uh, I thought, like I said, the comedy was on point in the trailer. I, a lot of action kicks. I mean, there was a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, what was your take on the trailer, Ron? Oh, no. It's a solid trailer. It's every, everything to push to get this re... You know, because it's being a reboot, um, to get fans excited for it. 
I mean, if you were a fan of the original one or two, two was a little bad, but whatever. Uh, do you re- like you, you'll you'll probably love this. It's solid. It's the comedy points like you said are all there. Like it starts off with him getting out of the back of one of the like he gets delivered to the spot in the back of the truck and he jumps out and one of the cops shoots at him. He's like, "Hey, wait, I'm on your team." <laughs> you know, what, <laughs> the what do you guy apologize? He's, he's like, like oh, "Sorry, sorry." <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's Hellboy. It's uh, you know, a demon that was found <laughs> found in World War Two. Yeah, so I do yeah. believe that. Right? It was World, World War II and uh, come brought back and put to work. <laughs> yeah, there's um, some monsters in the t- yeah. trailer. We got to see some big bads. Like I said, there was a lot of like a violence and bloodshed in the yeah. trailer because the one chopped somebody in half, but it was like a giant monster. It was crazy. I was, I was very impressed with this trailer. Uh, more, And it's got me more excited than watching uh, the last couple movies, especially the last Hellboy movie they made. Oof. That was a rough one. The Golden Army. Yeah, that was a rough one. It was rough. It, I know they did it because it was. I think it was an arc in the story in the comics. I mean, but. let's be honest. The best Hellboy movie that's come out so far was Shape of Water. <laughs> uh, it caught my attention too. I've never seen either of the other two movies, so uh, considering this is a reboot to it, right? It caught my. It, it piqued my interest. You, you like you like what you saw? I did like what I saw. Yeah, it's uh, we put it up right away, and uh, there's a little caption on there. That even says, "Hey, in the middle of our uh, podcast, this just fell on our lap." So, hey, you can hear us when we're talking about it. I think we will probably all be going to see this movie when it comes out. So, I'm excited for it now. No, I'm excited. It actually makes it look good. Though comes out, I think great. what two weeks before April twelfth. say yeah, but it's like two weeks before uh, Endgame, Avengers Endgame. Oh, that comes yes. out on April 26th. So it's two weeks before. So hey, while you're waiting for uh, Avengers Endgame. I think Hellboy is going to fit into that niche perfectly for that first that, that two weeks. And I'll be one of those people giving my money. So, uh, Mike, good. before that came about, we had a, a review, our Christmas review. Yeah, we had our final take, Christmas review. Take, take uh, right on. Go yeah, on. so we, we told you last week uh, what the main event of this uh, couple of weeks worth of segments was going to be. And that's uh, the movie Black Christmas, uh, the original 1974 version of it. Uh, there was a remake that came out in 2006 that, although it kind of had the same atmosphere to it, paled in comparison. Crap, I watched the wrong one. Is that the one that you watched? No, I'm, trying to keep, keep I'm joking, I'm joking. I don't know, maybe you should watch the new one first and then go back and watch the original. So the original, as I've mentioned several times on the show in the past, has quickly become one of my all-time favorite horror movies. It's kind of overtaking Halloween at this point, is possibly my favorite horror movie of all time. Uh, it stars the great Olivia Hussey and Margot Kidder, mm-hmm. among others. And uh, it's one of the early slasher movies. Um, is slasher in the sense of what we know a slasher to be anyway. I know Psycho is considered the, you know, the, the godfather of all slasher movies, but I never really felt like that was... A slasher movie, like, per se. I'm the, just saying, one scene in the shower does not make you a slasher. Exactly. Right. The, this, exactly. This is probably the, the start of it all. It really and is. And I, and I say that to all due respect oh, to yeah. the, the great Alfred Hitchcock oh, and the classic that not is Psycho. Not taking but, anything away from yeah, Psycho. I think that's more of a psychological thriller. Yeah, it is. Uh, so yeah. it gets credited as one of like, the first slashers, but it really isn't. Well, Black I, Christmas is, though. I feel like the reason Psycho gets credited, just not to go off the wheels too much, is because up to that point, nobody ever saw blood on a screen. Or yeah, a toilet. Fact, or a toilet. Or somebody using a toilet. Even. So, <laughs> yeah. So that was all horrifying to those people at the time. Because like, we watch uh, Psycho now, and I'm not terrified of that movie. No, but, but for its time I, in I respect, I respect the movie because it's shot very well. The story's very good. So I respect it. But that's why, ultimately, other than bad acting, ultimately the remake of Psycho failed because 
you can't tell that story in a modern age. Even though that happened in the 90s, you still couldn't tell that story in a modern age. Like, it's not scary anymore when you go shot for shot. No. You'd have to make a different story that's not shot for shot. You'd have to make it more of a pure slasher film, and then you would be so far removed from what yeah, the movie is. Yeah, that was doomed is. to fail no matter yeah. what. Yeah, that's why yeah. I'm saying I'm not even, you know, shoddy yeah. acting. Vince Vaughn was a little too creepy for my liking as Norman Bates. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you, you have to, because I think you... I, I think we're, he was Norman Bates. Like, like, like I said, we're, not, not to get off in the weeds too much, but you have to kind of be like... In an, in an interesting spot to be Norman Bates. Yeah. Like, you have to be creepy, but I think you also have to sell confidence. Because if you notice in the original, that's what he did. He sold off the, the con- he was, he was kind of confident. He's kind of like, uh, like we talked about last week, he's kind of like a Ted Bundy, if you will. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. But, anyways, now that we're like, no, we sidetrack of, uh, of Psycho and in my explanation of Psycho, oh, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe when uh, we give a little secret in the little end part, maybe someday I'll do something about that. Well, we'll get to that sure. later. Sure. One of my famous teases. I love it. I tease all the I time. Tease. I'm such a tease. You are such a tease. I am. You're teasing I am, me with baby. dinner later. We're going to call you the oh, tickler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was already the llama, so I could be the llama. You tickler. could be the llama and the tickler. Oh, man. Two separate franchises oh, right man. there. And there it goes. All right. So. so <laughs> So back to Black Christmas. Back, back and while track. we were actually going off on that tangent, I did realize or started thinking Texas Chainsaw Massacre was one year earlier. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, but uh, the presentation it was very different in Black Christmas. Yeah. Um, that was actually the first one that I'm aware of that used that first person camera in the early on in the movie. Yeah. Which John Carpenter completely stole, but he's credited with the first one doing that in a lot of cases. Black Christmas did it first four years earlier. I don't. I don't think that he's necessarily credited with doing it first, especially by fans. But most but people he's credited, think that he is. But what he is credited with is he has that long shot, the long POV shot nobody had ever done before. Though, like the opening shot of yeah. Michael as a child, when it's like that long one, it's a continuous shot. Nobody, it is. Nobody had ever done a continuous shot like that before Carpenter, which is true. Because yeah, the one in Black Christmas is much shorter. Much shorter, yeah. Because most people did it that way because it's hard to control a camera. As a matter of fact, I, I believe. If you watch the Halloween documentary, John Carpenter tells about how they had to rig a system together oh, to yeah. keep the camera stable for that. Because it's a long walk. That that opening walk, you remember, he comes across the street, around the back of the house, into the house, into the house upstairs. and then Yeah, there then, was actually a couple of cuts in it. And it was kind of interesting the way that he explained that he did that. When he picks up the mask off the floor and puts it on, there was actually a cut well, in the Well, yeah, because you had to. Because there, there was, was no, no way to put, there was no other way to put the, the mask on the camera without cutting right. it. Right. <laughs> but they ran out of film at that point, too, yeah, for how they filmed thing. it. But once again, it's, but, it's, it's kind of... Of, that's why though nothing was ever prepared for exactly. a long shot like that but but Black Christmas is what inspired that right right absolutely that's what I'm saying that's and why I would say they're the originator of that POV sure. but Carpenter took it to that next level he did take it to another level definitely that but uh, the movie follows uh, a bunch of sorority sisters. Uh, I believe it's Christmas Eve, if I'm not mistaken. It's Christmas yes. time. I think it's Christmas Eve. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Christmas Eve. A lot of them are getting ready to go home for the holiday. Uh, a couple of them are drunk and decide to stay there. When one of the sisters, we see her early on in the film. She's in her bedroom, and she hears some noise, thinks it's maybe the, the house mother's cat. And she kind of slowly walks over to her closet in her bedroom, and out of blue, you see... Just two hands behind a big plastic bag that's hanging in her closet. Go around, put this plastic bag over her head, and smother her with it. He then proceeds to take her up into an attic that's up a ladder into the ceiling. Wouldn't be easy to carry somebody up that. No. Takes her up there and puts her in a rocking chair next to a window and keeps her there. With the bag still over her head. So that's really how the movie begins. 
And uh, the killer is still in the house throughout the entire movie. Uh, several of the sisters are still there hoping that they find Claire, this character that was murdered early on in the film. Uh, Claire's father shows up looking for her, realizes that she was supposed to meet him for lunch or whatever, and uh, that she's missing. So several of the sisters do stay behind trying to find her. Margot Kidder proceeds to get drunk throughout the entire movie. Um, the movie for for as, as dark and gritty as it is and uh, as much suspense as there is in it, there's actually a lot of good comedy in it. A lot, of, as we've talked about over the last few weeks, you need to have some good comedy spots. Uh, but Margot Kidder provides a lot of that. She's kind of the comic relief in the movie yeah um she's excellent olivia hussey's excellent as our survivor girl um the whole thing kind of leads up you kind of think that it's uh they make you play they, they play with you making you think that it's her boyfriend that's the killer um you find out that she's pregnant she doesn't want to have the baby he wants to keep the baby she's not as serious about the relationship he is he has some big cons he's a piano pianist player yeah. And uh, he's supposed to be doing something for something in college. And yeah. uh, he, he bombs that because of everything that's on his mind that went through. So they really kind of lead you up to believe that he is the killer. But is he? And that's where the movie, as we get towards the end, do we want to give away the spoiler here? Are we are we about spoilers? Because this has a great ending. No, the movie. I'm just saying, go ahead. I mean, spoiler, Should we do spoiler alert. Spoiler yeah. alert. You might want to fast forward just for, about a minute for, or two. We forewarned you to, to, watch, to watch this beforehand, so you knew there'd be spoilers. So spoiler alert. You spoiler alert. The other movies to do it. So as it turns out, it's not the boyfriend. Uh, there is an unseen killer that's, you don't know who he is. Nope. He makes phone calls, obscene phone calls throughout the movie to the people that are in the house. He's calling from another phone from a different line in the house. And uh, it's it's not the boyfriend at all. It's actually somebody else. You never see anything more than just his eye and a shadow of him. And um, the way it's presented is just absolutely horrifying. It's full of suspense. It's the 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 house that they use. They use the real interior of a rather large house in Toronto for the sorority house. Uh, it's decked out for Christmas. It just it looks perfect. This is is close to a, a perfect horror movie, as I've come across in my life there's a few other ones that are out there the strangers being one that really had the atmosphere <laughs> and by the way that clunk was me hitting my computer <laughs> we're just throwing things around sorry about that if that came Perf- off loud in the in the podcast oh, yeah, a little bit <laughs> sorry about that boys but uh, but yeah i mean it's it's just one of the most perfect horror movies i've ever seen and um i urge everybody to see this movie go out and see the 2006 remake afterwards it's funny it has the same atmosphere to it uh it looks the part they expand on the killer's story though in the remake he becomes a little yellow boy he's jaundiced from some sort of a condition and he's running around he, he actually murders his family like 30 years earlier or something gets imprisoned and his sister's missing all these years. Nobody knows where she is. And it turns out both of them are actually still in this house. He breaks out of prison and both of them are in the house. Well, this new batch of sorority sisters are in this house. I, I, it, it's a mess. It's a mess. And they expanded upon what was a great story. Which you shouldn't have expanded yeah, upon. You should yeah. have left it in the dark. It was and that's what modern that. horror movies yeah. tend to do, especially remakes. They yeah, just go in too much you know detail. Why? You know why? Because the viewing public now wants their payoffs now. They yeah. want it now. They don't want to wait. They don't want suspense. That's what's killing like good endings. Like you have a good ending to a movie where you, it's like left you in the dark. It's a good conversation piece for years, and that's why that lives on. And we've talked. There's other movies we can talk about that have the same kind of thing. They would not happen now because everybody's like, "Oh, it's not nice and tidy." It doesn't have to be nice and tidy. And, and Black Christmas didn't get sequels. 
No, and it nearly did, actually. Yeah, but it didn't. And, and one of the things I want to point out here, because I think we mentioned this on the show previously, the director of this film, Bob Clark. The same Bob <laughs> Clark that directed A Christmas Story with Little Ralphie and, and, ten years later, nine por- years later. Porky's, which can never be remade today. Exactly, exactly. Look at that, The man. same Bob Clark made Black Christmas. So, so he, um, had a little, he had a little something dark in him, man. He did, and he actually produced... Uh, he didn't direct the remake, but uh, he did produce the remake... And uh, sadly, he and his son were killed by a drunk driver in a head-on collision in California. Not long, I think. I, I don't remember the year. Not long after the uh, remake came out. But uh, he was actually um, in pre-production on a sequel to the original. Olivia Hussey was going to apparently come back. It was going to take place in the same house, and she was actually going to be the house mother. Um, I didn't realize that until I read about it not that long ago. Wow. But there was a sequel that was in pre-production to that that's unfortunately, crazy. all we ended up getting was the the remake. That that is crazy. That is that's nuts, son. We're that close, that close to having it. So, uh, did you guys out there in uh, listener land? Did you watch the movie like we told you to watch the movie, or did you, you should have? And if you didn't, you could have watched the kill count on YouTube, and it would give you the synopsis. It's not the same as watching the movie because that builds all notes. the it builds all the atmosphere. But either way, you could have done those things, and then it would have been such a big spoiler. But if you did, we would like to hear from you. And it's easy enough to do. Visit us at HorrorZone607 on Facebook, at HorrorZone607 on Twitter and Instagram, and always use the hashtag HC607 to join the conversation. Yes, I understand that I'm the plug guy. You this are the is, plug guy. This is the I, I, I check it over. You're like you, our you, Mick Foley. You, you learn from the best. You're, I know. You are I, like Mick Foley. I, do, I literally sit in a room a couple days a week with Derek on Three Fat Nerds, whether it's Three Fat Nerds or Three Fat Nerds on Wrestling. And literally, <laughs> he is the master of the plug. Just like, out, of, out of nowhere. You don't... You, I don't remember numbers like he does, though. Like, thankfully, we don't do. We're not doing commercials on this show yet because he remembers <laughs> phone numbers and stuff like that. I can't do it. I have them written down. I have cheat sheets for that. Yeah. But, anyways, yeah, we want to hear from you guys, and uh, you know that's why because everybody's opinion counts, and we want to hear. And uh, also remember to help us spread, share our page, get the word out there. So, Mike, what's coming up next? Well, coming up next, uh, we're going to finish off our last show of 2018. By the way, this is episode number 10, and we didn't mention that up to this point. Episode number 10? You know, what, Ron, what does that mean? We're a real podcast. We are a real podcast, and I'm a real boy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bad joke from a podcast I listened to uh, back in the day. that the, He says, I don't listen to anything because nobody sticks through it. I don't consider any podcast a podcast until you get to episode 10. Yeah, yeah. you guys stick so through it. Are so real we podcast. are a real podcast. This is official, folks. This is like getting so. through five and a half innings of a baseball <laughs> game. We're a real It's like ball seeing game somebody now. and then you become Facebook official. Yeah. <laughs> We're here. That's how I knew I was yeah. dating my girlfriend. <laughs> it's Facebook. Yeah, it's we found out of Facebook. Both times. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> So, when we come back, we're going to be doing our year-end review of uh, the, the movies that came out in 2018. Horror movies in 2018, yeah. So, we're going to have a little talk about that, and uh, Rich is going to take that segment with his talking horror segment. Because uh, I'm so creative. You are creative. <laughs> we are very creative in this studio. <laughs> I put the llama in Llamageddon, remember? Oh, don't forget it. Don't forget it. And you also once beat Chuck Norris in a staring contest. I love, by the way, I, I have to say this. Is I hope this continues in the new year. I love your introductions for me. That's never going to end. They're great. I thought about doing it for both of you, but I think nah. people would get sick of it if I did it too much. No, so, uh, you, you so Rich, for me. I've got so. some special things in store for you in 2019. Awesome. So you guys will have to keep listening because yeah. they're fun. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't tell me in advance. So my no, no, he no, no always, I try to keep my computer my reaction, away from me when I get here. My reaction is always a, a natural one. Yeah, so. it's a genuine reaction. None of this no. is scripted, so he doesn't it, know. I think about this usually the day of our shows while I'm at work, actually. <laughs> 
That's well, what I do while I'm working. It's worth it because Rich doesn't go put himself over enough on the other podcast. So the no. fact that he gets put over yeah. Yeah. He was this the, one is, is great. So what was it? The 1972 Olympic pole vaulting champion. Yes, I, I have been. I've been yeah. 1972 pole vaulting champion. There's yeah. been quite a few. So I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna like to see where this goes. <laughs> yeah. So we'll and if you would like to see where it goes, that. once again, we're a real podcast. So uh, you make sure you keep listening to us and get other people to listen because it's 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 damn fun. We have a good time doing the show. Yes. So you're listening to Horror Zone 607. We'll be right back. Oh, not again. I, I keep killing oh, this every oh, week. No, what? Welcome back to the zone, the horror zone. Ah, uh, I see what there. you did there. See what I did there. And uh, before we get into talking horror, I, I love how all of my things have that same thing because I like to talk, so it works out perfect for me. We have a few quick announcements. First of all, it's important to notice this is our last episode of this year because we are not recording next week due to the Christmas holiday. Right. We have families, and we would like to wish you all and your families a, ha- a very happy holiday season because we don't care if you celebrate Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever you celebrate. Festivus. We're, we're, we're here for you. So we just want to wish you a Merry Christmas for those who do, a happy Hanukkah, happy everything, uh, happy New Year even because we won't see, you won't hear from yeah. us again until after the New Year. So, you know, just get that out the way, you know, from this our family here at 8122 Production Studios, more importantly from our family here at Horizon 607. So next week, don't think we canceled and we ended on you like, hey, we made 10 episodes for a real show and now we closed down. No, it's just because the Christmas holiday happens to fall on Tuesday and we have a bunch of stuff to do with family. So it's a, it's a really weird turnaround to come back on a Wednesday. So we're just going to Pick back up in the new year. Woohoo. And uh, we'll see what we got going on then. So I just want to make sure people don't think we're canceling. We're not Netflixing us. <laughs> oh, there's no Daredevil here. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Secondly, uh, we made an announcement on the uh, Three Fat Nerds uh, podcast uh, that came out on Tuesday. If you listen to us, that's awesome. If you don't, you know, you can get the same information here because we pass along that in the new year, our big gift. As a production company, A122 Productions, as you know, we say it all the time, we say in the beginning, and we all belong to that. We all are a family, and we're adding things to it pretty soon, coming soon to uh, to your ear holes, if you will, if you love the Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> there will be a Golden Girls uh, 
show with the working title of thank you for being my friend or thank you thank for you, being a friend yes whichever one you're going with and i wish you were joking this is this is real <laughs> folks this hey, is real I'm, I'm not on it i'm just the producer because i produce all the stuff here. <laughs> uh so i can't wait to hear episode one yeah, yeah. <laughs> i hope that there will be an episode two one oh, of 185 well if we put, we're put if they're put we're putting money for a channel for this man there's definitely gonna be an episode two <laughs> no, you're, you're getting 52 at least <laughs> oh, perfect <laughs> But uh, with that being said, uh, without going too far in the weeds, which, which we like to do, especially because Mike's tired, uh, we announced there the more important thing is that we are launching a website. We are. It will be. Uh, it is not. If you go to it now, sorry, you won't find anything because I have it li- private because we're still building it uh, with working a full time job and producing a bunch of shows on top of that. I have to find time. And of course, the holiday. But it will be launched by January. Uh, we will definitely let you know. It is 8122productions.com. Uh, we feel comfortable saying that now because we own the domain name, so nobody can steal it. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, it's still, you know, I'm, I'm working on it. Hopefully, getting it up in the first week of January. That's what I'm aiming for. Uh, you'll be able to go there and find all your Horror Zone 607 news, all your 3FN news, all your thank you for being a friend news and anything else that we end up doing over time uh it'll be kind of awesome because each one you can click on the horror zone 607 link and you'll see our logo it'll have our you know connections to our facebook and our twitter it'll have connections to uh where you can download or stream our podcast it'll have a little synopsis of what we're doing also there's a media section that will have a streaming well we're going to be working on having a streaming player on there so you can just stream right off of the website uh, Horror Zone 607 episodes or 3FN episodes or whatever you want to listen to as we go forward. Also, when we launch, because we're calling doing it in phases, stealing it kind of from Marvel there, in phase one, we're also going to be launching, uh, starting trying to get our reviews and blogs on there. So Mike C here is chomping at the bit because he's going to be writing some long-form reviews for some older horror movies and some newer stuff as it comes out. Uh, myself will also be writing some horror stuff. Also... If you want to see other things, our, our buddy Derek over on 3FN, he'll be doing uh, a lot of mo- regular movies, in some indie movies. Uh, you'd be surprised on what he watches. Ron will be covering stuff from gaming side of things a lot. So board games, Dun- Dungeons and Dragons, and some video game action. Yeah. I mean, we can all cross streams. Trust me. You, if Mike C, you never, don't be surprised if Mike C drops on there and does a blog about Spider-Man, the video game, since he's playing it nonstop. Oh, currently playing that. He's, Not he's right addicted. now while we're recording and then this. Red, and then Red Dead Redemption <laughs> 2 is coming up for him too so you never know if he just feels like jumping on there because we're you know we, we're all contributors I'm we, a just wanna, too. we just want to contribute to the cause so there'll be a bunch of different articles so without taking up too much more time in the future when we launch it just be aware that we'll be pointing you more to the direction of 8122productions.com it's going to be kind of a nice little home hub so when you're helping us for those people who try to help us build our podcast which i know a lot of you are a122productions.com will be an easy one to say, hey, go go there. And you can get all the information. And once again, we're found anywhere. Podcasts can be found anyways. So with that being said, all those announcements out of the way, it is time to talk some horror. And we are going to specifically talk about the movies, the horror movies of 2018. There was a lot of them. There was, was the good, the <laughs> bad, the ugly, and the and really the ugly, ugly. Uh, we're not going to cover everything that came out, but we are going to kind of go over a bunch of the them. big ones. Uh, Mike has a list and my list kind of matches up a little bit because I took a list that is going through Rotten Tomatoes because I wanted to see the tomato meter on these. So in the order of my list, it will be from the tomato meter. Now, that doesn't mean we agree with the tomato meter because as we all know, it's a it's it's a uh, algorithm of everybody's uh, critic pools. So sometimes I find myself agreeing with it. Sometimes I don't. But, you know, hey. 
uh, same at home so take it for what it's worth because if you really like the first movie on the list which is slender man that only got a seven percent uh then you liked it but uh i haven't personally seen it and the reason why is because i've heard it was hot garbage so maybe somebody wants to point me in the direction and of course you know how to do that hashtag hc607 so uh continuing on with a a movie that i thought was going to be better well i don't know did you see winchester anybody uh no did no, you? I didn't see it. Neither did I. If you guys it also looked like hot garbage to me. Yeah. yeah. If you didn't remember, it was a haunted house story inspired by the true events. The true events. I'm doing air quotes. On an isolated stretch of land 50 miles outside of uh, San Francisco. Of course, famously from Winchester Guns. The It was the widow of uh, the creator of them. And she built this really confusing house out there to kind of trap spirits. It only got a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, once again, none of us saw it. Uh, but, you know. I didn't hear anything great about it either. So. I didn't hear really much of anything at all about uh, it. The critics' consensus on this movie was like a grand staircase within the famous mansion that inspired it. Winchester appears poised to get a rise out of audiences, but ultimately leads nowhere. Oh, ho, ho. that's the line. By the way, Slenderman's one was good too. Slenderman might be thin, but he's positively robust compared to the flimsy assortment of scares generated by the would-be chiller that bears his name. <laughs> so. They, they are not pulling any punches. Now, this next movie I did see, and I do agree with them because it was horrible. <laughs> and it was the first time I think Blumhouse struck out. And that was Blumhouse's Truth or Dare. It was given a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know. I just wasn't a fan. I don't. Mike, did you see this movie? I haven't no? seen that one either. I there was a lot of stuff that came out this year I just didn't want to see. So Me and you are kind of similar on movies, and I'm telling you, it's the first time I really think Blumhouse struck out. I wasn't a fan. If, if you guys don't know, it is uh, a game of truth or dare, and it kind of gets taken over by a spirit, and people are dying in real life. And if you don't do the dare... Uh, you die anyways. So it's weird. It's, 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 I just didn't like it. I'll take a nap. Oh, you saw, you saw it, Ron? No, I just said I'll take a nap. Oh, okay. Ron's waiting until he gets to some he's seen, which he has. Uh, was this one on your list, Mike? The Possession of Hannah Grace. Uh, also on the list, haven't seen that either. Uh, I actually wanted to until I read all the reviews about it and I didn't see anything good. Uh, some people said that it was all right. I didn't see it. 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. The critics' consensus is the possession of Hannah Grace faints, feigns at real horror just often enough to offer hints of the movie it should have been and further frustrates viewers seeking a good scare. Ah. So that's probably why you didn't see it. Yep. Um, the next one I did see, and I wish I hadn't because I'm probably like everybody who was so excited the day after the Super Bowl because we got a surprise that Cloverfield Paradox was hitting Netflix. It was hot garbage, and I wasted time on it, okay? <laughs> so that's all that matters. Uh, I did too. see that. I actually didn't mind that movie as really? much as everybody else. Everybody else on the planet hated it. I so didn't, I didn't love it. I didn't love it, yeah, but I didn't I, hate it. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It was watchable for what it was yeah i thought it was watchable it entertained me for an hour and a half or whatever it was critic consensus brilliant casting is overshadowed by a muddled mix of genres and story tale storylines this scratch more heads than sci-fi itches in the cloverfield i paradox. agree with that i agree with that all right this next movie i know you definitely saw and uh it's got a staggering 26 percent on rotten tomatoes it is the classic made by Cor- corinne hardy the nun <laughs> oh Oh, where do we start with this and how I feel? Go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't see this movie because you told me not to go. Uh, so The Nun, uh, this is, and I can't believe I'm going to say this because I, I, I just want to one more time point out how much I thought this movie was just horrible. 
I liked this more than I liked Halloween. We're going to get to Halloween later, but I actually liked The Nun more than Halloween because I was at least entertained by it. And as that's bad why as it you're was. crazy. And it was more Rafe making fun of it because I went to the theater to see it with him, and he just ripped on it the whole time. Um, it, it had a good uh, atmosphere to it, and that's one thing that I keep telling people. A co-worker of mine said that he uh, saw it last night. He's like, you're crazy. How, how did you not like this movie? I thought it was great. I was like, well, it had a good atmosphere to it, but it was just one bad attempted jump scare after another. And that's really what it was. We joked that it was that we should have made a movie called Jump Scare the Movie. So, I don't know. That's what it was. They they kind of ruined a good atmosphere in it, but there wasn't really a whole lot of a story to tell. Well, that it's funny that you said that, because their critics' consensus. The nun boasts strong performances, spooky atmospherics, and a couple of decent set pieces, but its sins include inconsistent logic and narrative slackness. Yep, I agree. Next on the uh, list, and I don't know, Insidious The Last Key. Saw that. Recently. I also did. I saw it as well. Uh, they have this at a 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going to go on the limb and say this. Uh, I didn't hate the movie. I was all right with it. But at the same point in juncture, I knew what I was getting because it's an Insidious movie. Uh, so the original Insidious, I loved. Totally took me by surprise. Loved it. The second one I had high hopes for. Liked it. Didn't love it. The third one I thought, nah. This one I thought was absolutely dreadful. Dreadful. Really? See... Here's the thing. I came in, I guess I came into it a different way that you did. Like, I already knew what I was going to get in an Insidious movie. So I just was like, oh, okay, it's Insidious. So I was waiting for, you know, the random jump scares. I was waiting for, you know, random. So that's why I said I didn't mind it as much. Now, once again, I'm not going to watch this movie probably ever again. Right. But once again, it's just like, I was like, all right, whatever. I didn't see it in the theaters, so I didn't waste money. Yeah, me either. I mean, one thing I will point out is, as always, the great Lynn Shea stole the, sh- stole the show. She yeah. was great. Um, I did think that uh, Specs and Tucker were, were funny. They added what they needed to add. They were better in this than they were in the third one because there was more of them. Um, it was just, to me, it was a muddled mess of a story. It I, was just all over the place, and I don't know. I want to point this out, that when you... I think what also shapes some of our opinion, especially mine, I don't know, like, I mean, you can agree when you disagree. If you pay the money to see something in the theater and it sucks, you think it's way worse than when you just like watch it afterwards and you might have paid a dollar or just saw it in some yeah, I saw says, it on HBO or something. Right, right, so. yeah. Yeah, so like, I, that's another thing. I saw it out of, I think, I don't remember if it was a red box or something like that. So, you know, it was one of those, well, let's watch a movie. And we watched it and I'm just like, eh. Yeah. You take it or leave it. I wasn't really, once again, I went into it like it's insidious. It's not going to be, you know, I didn't walk at it like, oh man, it's going to be a dog when it's a cat. Like I just right. think it's a cat. Uh, next on the list is one of my picks for most underrated movies. And I was vin- vindicated this week on that because bloody disgusting did an article on it. It is the predator. I enjoyed this movie, but once again, I'm a fan of the predator, uh, uh, line they gave it it's a guy a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes uh, Bloody Disgusting did a good article on it I can not do the best better explaining than they did I read the article it's a masterpiece so go to bloodydisgusting.com and just look up their article on the Predator and how it was very underrated and underutilized from people when I watched the movie I was a big fan it wasn't Predator 2 so that means <laughs> it's a good thing it was more Predator the original Predator and it was I dug how they did it especially the giant Predator that was ma- it was crazy. Yeah. Like there was some really cool stuff, some really cool kill scenes, really good action in it. I just I dug it. That's I've yet to see it, so I hope it was better than Aliens versus Predator. Record. Oh, abso- absolutely! It's it's it, trust me. I thought it was a really good movie. Ron, did you end up seeing it? I didn't no. see it. I gotta see it. It's it's I, really. I, it's, I'll sit I think it's underrated. I don't think once again. 
don't go and say that I decided it was a cinematic like Citizen Kane. No, and it's not. But, but you get what you what it it's is. A it's a predator movie. movie, and it's good because it's it's what you want to see. They're thinking they're hunting the predator. The predator is hunting them, and then okay. you find out there's a couple extra predators. Yeah. So it's kind of awesome in that aspect because that's what I want to see in a predator movie. Yeah. I don't want to see you know like like I don't really need all that other stuff. The suspense alone of like, hey, you think you're the hunter and you're actually the hunted, and that's really what you could boils down to. Uh, their their consensus for it on Rotten Tomatoes though, the predator has violence and quips to spare, but it's chaotically hollow action adds up to another missed opportunity for a franchise increasingly divine, defined by disappointment. I just don't agree with that. You know, and that surprises me that it got that kind of hate or, or dislike, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, only because Shane Black yeah. wrote and directed it. It was great. And he was in the first one. He what, was one of the characters in the original Once again, I, I, I use the word great as in, like, once again, it's not a cinematic masterpiece, but it was what I wanted to see. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why when you read that, like I said, if, you, if you're if you on the edge and you don't believe me, like I said, just go to bloodydisgusting.com, look up their Predator article that they just wrote. It just came out. And it says the same thing I did. It would hit all the points I wanted as a fan. Yeah. So if you weren't a fan of the franchise, maybe that's why you didn't like it, but it hit all the points. And coming from a person who knows the franchise, that's why it was for us. Right. Same, I think it's the same reason why people crap on uh, Solo. Solo. Yeah. Because if you weren't a fan of Star Wars to begin with, you're not going to like that movie. But if you were a fan, it was a movie for you. It was a fan movie. And there's something not wrong with that. Next on the list, I know that both me and Mike liked it a lot, and I don't know if Ron saw it at all, no, but I, I know that we enjoyed it, and we definitely enjoyed it way more than 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, and that was Hellfest. Loved it. That I was my was favorite good. movie of 2018. F- favorite horror movie of 2018. Really? Favorite? Yeah. It wasn't my favorite, but it was up there. I liked it a lot. I, fun time. Great set pieces in that movie. The, aside from the the one character, the... Um, Bex Taylor Kloss, I believe is her name. Uh, she was in the Scream TV series. Uh, she annoyed me to no end. Yes, you're actually. <laughs> she was horrible. But um, aside from her, the movie just kept getting better and better and better the further it went along. A great slasher movie. It bombed big time at the box office, and it's too bad because I wanted to see a sequel. Probably because of critic, uh, the critics' consensus. Hellfest might give less demanding horror fans a few decent reasons to scream, but it's neither clever nor frightening enough to leave much of an impression, which I think is weird because we're both pretty good horror fans, and I was like, it hit all my buttons. It hit all mine, too. It I was, think that it was pretty clever. But then again, you know what? Anything that's in a classic slasher vein is I mean, not, a slasher's a slasher, if but... You're, if you're not a fan of the slasher genre, you're going to crap on it. Yeah. Because the slasher genre, you have to be a fan of it. Right. Absolutely. It had a great no, ending. Great oh, ending. I, I, think, I think it was good. Did. When did it come out? Like, was it, uh, it was, I want to say the first weekend in October. Yeah, it, oh, came it was in, in horror movie so, season. As okay, I so it was right before. I didn't go through Halloween. it. It was like a week or two before Halloween so came out. So that's probably a little bit why, too. Unfortunately, I didn't go through it. But uh, at uh, we have memberships to uh, uh, Six Flags. So we were at Six Flags Great Adventure in uh, New Jersey. And for Horror Fest, we went down because it was Aiden's birthday. We took him down there. Uh, one of the houses was based on Hellfest because the, oh, okay. at, at uh, the one in uh, Texas, Georgia, and uh, no, one in Texas, the one in California, the one at Six Flags in New Jersey, they're trying to compete more with like Universal Horror Nights. Oh, I remember so this. So they're actually. now I remember you telling me they're about now it. they're now doing some more stuff. So next year I'm going to probably because now we'll be doing the show. Next year I'm probably going to do like a whole big piece because they are definitely adding like real things, and that was actually a cool house. So uh, the next up on the list I have at 40% also, The Strangers Pray at Night. Uh, uh, I did not like this movie at all. And it, you know what the weird part about it is? The first one was really good. 
Yeah, the original one, and that's where the whole like the whole concept of Horror Zone 607 started. Uh, I originally called the page I Am Horror. I did it on my own. It was just a way to create another page where, because people were complaining about my main Facebook page and all the horror content that I had on there, and they didn't want to see it. So that's what started the whole thing. Uh, I originally did a top 31 countdown. What my opinion of the top 31 horror movies ever made were, and uh, my friend Sean, who listens to the show, what's up, buddy? See you at work tomorrow. Um he uh he urged me to make that movie higher i didn't even have it in my top 10 i want to say it was like number 12 or 13 or something and uh i went back and watched it again i was like you know what he's right and i'm pretty sure i had it either at seventh or eighth all time only movie after 1984 that was even in my top like 16 and uh the original strangers is an absolute gem of a horror movie it is fantastic it's the ultimate jack-in-the-box it's what a slasher should be it's what a horror movie should be the Strangers Pray at Night took that and absolutely threw it in the garbage, which surprises me because the director of the original, I believe, wrote this one. So he was involved in it, and uh, it just had nothing. It was like they just rushed it into production to get it made because there were so many delays over the last decade getting it made, and it was just a mess. The movie is a mess. The next movie, when we heard about this on uh, The Three Fat Nerds, we it became the summer of this movie for us as we counted <laughs> down to it, and I thought it was fun. I thought it was what it was supposed to be because I definitely saw it. But they have it. it at forty six percent. It was the Meg. I thought it was supposed to be. It was tongue in cheek. It was like a B rated film. And even ready for this, it's even what it says. The critic consensus: the Meg sets audience up for a good old fashioned B movie creature feature, but lacks the genre thrills or the cheesy bite to make it worth diving in. I don't know. It was cheesy as hell to me because if it doesn't get any cheesier than Rain Wilson doing some like <laughs> Rain Wilson shit in a movie, I'm just saying. I don't know how. That, like, I don't even know how better. I don't even know how better well, to like describe that. Like, well, well, think about it. Next to Jason Statham, yeah, <laughs> and Jay- Rain Wilson yeah. is like this, this, the, the right. hero. And that's what I'm saying. That like Rain Wilson just doing Rain Wilson things is is tongue in cheek enough. I'm just saying. There's nothing else to describe that. I don't know. Did you see the Meg? I haven't yet. <laughs> Trust me, it's a fun movie. Go ahead and see that. My girlfriend won't see horror movies with me, and I don't want to go to the theater alone. So I've missed a lot of these movies. Well, now you have us. Yeah, now I do have you guys. I but, met you guys too late. But on top of that... Going to the theater alone is amazing. I did that by for, the way, for the Jigsaw Meg. last year. I will just throw that out there. It's the only time in my life I went to see one, but... By the way, by myself. the Meg is, would have been worth taking her to because she is not scary at all. She wouldn't have seen it. That's crazy. Unless it's a Disney princess movie, she won't go see it. <laughs> really? I love you, honey. I know this one is on your list, and we've both seen it. At fifty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, the first purge. Oh uh, no, I actually I haven't seen that. Really? Yet. You haven't seen it? No, that's I haven't seen the third one and I haven't seen that one. It's all right. So here's my take. Uh Ron, have you seen the first purge? I haven't watched any of the purges. Okay, so here's my take. The first purge is decent for a purge movie. Okay. It's not better than the two that predecessed it. And I don't even think it's better than the original. I love the original. I know you were on that level. Yeah. So I think this is my least favorite out of all of them. With that being said, it's because they mixed in too much of the socio-political bullshit to it. Uh, one of those. Yeah. And that's why it really just was like, eh. Like, it could have been such a better. And also, what downturns it to me is that right after the Purge television show came out and did the same kind of thing, but way better. Which was excellent. Like that same We've kind of backstory. and what a great show. Because you needed that movie to come out before because then you found out with, you know, like the first, you know, like they, they were doing the people who were there for the first purge. Right. Uh, the original whatever. 
And uh, so in that movie, yeah, it's it, that's what it was. I think it was really just it was super heavy on the social political stuff. But as far as a movie, I liked it enough because of the violence and you know the stuff you're used to from Purge. Right. But there was way too much. It went way too much from focusing on people purging to like the government like trying to kill off minorities and poor people. Uh, so I, I I just don't like the that. If they would have taken a little, it, it was too much of that. Like a little well, bit they of that touch base on that in the original one though too. Absolutely, they're trying to rid people, you know, get absolutely. rid of uh, the the non elite. Right, uh, absolutely. And they also touched. They did a good job of touching base on it in election year, because that was kind of the primary setting for election year. Was that was why to get rid of the purge? If that's you will. the third one, correct? Yes. Okay. Because the because the second one was purge anarchy. Right. Yeah, I have. And seen, they I've also do a good like job of it on the television show. They did a way better job with it. the TV show. is really good. I yeah, love the TV. I'm show. I'm glad it's getting renewed or got oh, renewed absolutely. for a second season. Absolutely, I can't wait to watch because this is kind of the movie that needs to be a TV show because you get to tell a deeper story. Oh yeah. But with that being said, and not going too long on it, it is worth a worthwhile watch. But the reason why I brought it down in my eyes was due to that. Like they had, like they could have set it up, but they. They, you still could put it in there because you need to have it, but it doesn't need to overbear, especially in a movie that's about people killing people. Makes sense. This one was made in it, and it was a big one news coming out, and I'd like to get your take on it, Mike. I don't know if you've seen it yet or not, but I'd like to get your take overall because everybody has an opinion. I know I haven't, but I have an opinion. 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. The Suspiria. I haven't seen it. Hated the original one. Want to see the new one. Don't know that I'll like it. Their critic consensus says the spirit attacks heady themes with uh, garish vigor, offering a viewing experience that's daringly confrontational and definitely not for everyone. Yeah, the the original one for me, one thing I don't like is I got into the horror genre when I was younger and started getting more and more into the you know this this kind of uh, movie. Um, I haven't liked the Jallos, and the original one was was very much like a Jallo. Yeah. It, it used vibrant colors, and I guess that the remake here doesn't have that. They took that aspect of it out, but I guess it's got a lot of similarities to the original. Um, but it was just, it was too jolly, if if I can use that word. I didn't like that about it. Um, it was creepy. It was atmospheric. It had a couple of those things that I like. I just wasn't a huge fan of it. I, I shouldn't say I hated it. I just really didn't like the original. But I do want to see this just to, right. you know, kind of have a new take on it. Maybe this- I'll like it more. This next one, I actually liked. I like this one, but I also it's one of those guilty pleasures of mine to like some cheesy horror movies. Lamageddon? Like, like no, no, it's not Lamageddon. Oh. So that, that's never been seen by anybody. Nobody <laughs> could pay the million dollars, or has it? Uh, I saw the trailer. If that counts, uh, but no, I like movies like we were talking about Critters earlier, Ghoulies, stuff like that. It's a little cheesy. This was this series is not as cheesy, but still pretty damn cheesy. And that would be the Puppet Master series. And they put out a new one this year. And it was called Puppet Master The Littlest Reich. And it had a 66% on Rotten Tomatoes. I have no problem with that at all. Because I actually dug this movie quite a bit. I did see it. I don't know if you did. No. I've, Anybody? I've, my girlfriend actually found it, the Walmart bargain bin, the entire series, in a box set. So I actually have them. I have seen the first one many times. And I'm just kind of like, okay. The second one, I watched about 20 minutes of it. And it started putting me to sleep, so I turned it off. I've seen none of the other ones. I, I do want to see this one, though. I enjoyed this completely. It was, but that's. I heard it's really good. It is. It's actually one of the better ones. That's what I've, said, I've seen. I mean, be forewarned, it is kind of cheesy at points, because that's the kind of horror movie it is. It's supposed to be it's a Puppet B-movie. Master. It's a yeah. B-movie. But it's it was good. I, I, I just uh, And the movie that both me and you are both bummed out and uh, pissed off at ourselves that we did not see and we definitely review it probably in the new year because I'm definitely going to make a point of seeing it and it's at 68% on RottenTomatoes.com 
It is Summer of 84. Yeah, I've heard pretty much nothing but good things about this. Everybody that I know that's seen it loved it. I can't wait to see this. I just have not gotten a chance to yet. I absolutely want to see this movie. Uh, it's it's right up my alley, as we know. And I'm just kind of pissed that I didn't see it. Sun- it got a bunch of rewards at, uh, awards at Sundance. Uh, the one thing I did hear about it is it gets unfairly uh, compared to Stranger Things and that it's nothing really like it other than the fact that it takes place in 1984 and has a bunch of kids in it and it's got some funny moments. But I guess it's nothing like that. Uh, so that's that's the the one thing that I've heard over and over about it. But I really want to see it. I've heard it's excellent. Hey, same here. Uh, next I got here is uh, and it's at 70 percent on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. And I know that you've seen this movie. Because I think you were the one that, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure you're the one that told me that it wasn't definitely not 70% good. It would be Terrifier. <laughs> yes, yes, I did watch Terrifier. Uh, I forgot that that was made this year. I didn't yes, even see yes. that on the list that I saw. I got my list just off of Google real quick, and that wasn't on there. Terrifier had so much potential, and Art the Clown is terrifying. It's creepy. He's basically a mime that just murders people in horrible fashion. (laughs) The biggest issue with it is there was no point. There was no real substance to the movie. There was, there was just nothing. So what could have been an amazing movie in the start of a one heck of a franchise, because he's, he has appeared in another movie before something called all Hallows Eve. That was kind of like an anthology. Uh, and he was creepy in that. Yes. Yes. Um, but it could have been the start of something big. They talked a lot about it being that when it was be- when it was uh, being made and coming out, and it just fell flat because there was no substance. He just murders people for no reason whatsoever. But it, it's not like there's a story behind it. No, I got you. My this next movie though is one of my picks for people to watch, and it is certified on Rotten Tomatoes at seventy five percent, which I was shocked to see <laughs> because I, I I I looked at it. It's such an interesting movie and I know neither of you have seen it because we've just we talked about it earlier yeah. and I urge you both to see it and yeah, I urge ready. everybody at home to see it because Nick Cage was made for this role it is a movie called Mom and Dad and the synopsis of Mom and Dad is that the parents in this town go crazy and they try to kill the children it's like the opposite of the children of the corn absolutely but it stars Nick Cage and Selma Blair, and they have kids. They're married, and they have kids. And their kids are trying to survive and, you know, escape from them, obviously. And it is so good because Nick Cage's voice and his little freakouts that we all <laughs> love is so good in a horror movie. Like, there's a scene where he's knocking on the door where the children are hiding, and he's just like, come out. It's everything's all right. I just want to kill you. And it's just crazy. It's crazy. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the way of the movie The Crazies, which we... we, we yeah, did. I was kind of picturing that in my and head, too, the, as you explained yeah, it. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that a little bit. I've heard good but things about it. It's really good. That's it, another one on my list. 75%. So I, I tell you, if you haven't seen that movie, check that one out. That's one, of the, that's one of the ones that I would say top five of this year. I wouldn't put a number one, but I put top five. I think Hellfest, for me, is like... Hellfest is probably number three. Okay. Number that would probably be number four. Okay. And then number five, I would say Predator, and we'll get to my top two later on as we go through the list because there's only a few other ones on the list. It's and the Notebook. No, <laughs> but this one is not in my top five. 
This is my top ten, but it's not in my top five. And I, Mike, we we've already heard you do a whole podcast on this, <laughs> so I feel like we don't have to talk about it too long. But seventy nine percent Halloween twenty eighteen. Yeah. Uh, the critics' consensus: Halloween largely wipes the slate clean after decades of disappointing sequels, ignoring increasingly elaborate mythology in favor of basic yet still effective ingredients. No and comment. Once again, he has no comment. Mike hated this. If you want to go back, we did a whole episode on it. Me and Ron thought it was in the middle of the road, and yeah. like, by me telling you that it's in my top ten, but not my top five that should tell you where we're at actually this one just came out recently and i've heard nothing but good things was overlord it's got 81 percent, which means it's certified for rotten tomatoes uh their critics consensus uh part revisionist war drama part zombie thriller and part all-out genre gore fest overlord offers a level fun for b movie fans of multiple persuasions I've heard nothing but good things. I unfortunately did not see Overlord. Yeah, and we had Rafe on the show a few weeks back, too, and he, and he talked the, about yeah. it. He was kind of eh to it, but... I did not see it, but I'm I'm up there with uh, checking it out for show. For show! For show! My number two movie of the year, for me, for horror movie. Hereditary at 89%. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I so That's a polarizing movie. Oh, yeah. A lot of people lo- really loved it. A lot of people thought that it was the most overrated thing that came out all year. I will say this. It's overrated in the fact that some people have thought that this is like a, le- a new classic, and it's not. Uh, but it was really good. And you know me. I love movies that take you on a winding journey that you're not expecting. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting what I got, but I'm happy that I got to see it. Now, see, what my hope for this is, and I will see it when I can watch it where it's not going to cost me anything. Because, you know, of what I have heard about it. My take on it is it reminds me, the hype anyway, reminds me of It Follows. A lot of people loved it. A lot of people hated it. It was an indie film that just came out of nowhere. I loved that movie. One of my favorites that I've seen in the last 20 years. So I'm hoping that I do enjoy Hereditary when I finally get to watch it. I think you will. I I enjoyed it. Like I said, it was, I think because you appreciate things that are different. Like, it takes you on a whining. You go into the movie expecting one thing and it's actually quite a bit different. And at the end of the movie, you're still like, damn, what yeah. did I just watch? <laughs> but it, it, it leaves you. It, it's not It's not scary in the sense of it's going to make you jump all over the place, but it will make you think. And it, yeah. it, gets, it gets in there. I have not seen this, but I really want to see it. It's a part of the reason why Rich will probably be getting Shudder in the near future because they keep putting out good stuff on their platform. Uh, and it also stars Nick Cage. There's a movie called Mandy, and it's got 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. It has been getting huge reactions. People are watching it on Shudder, like, nonstop. It's, like, the highest thing. It's part of the reason why they've gotten a huge boom in the last month or so, from what I understand, because this movie has been over so much. Yeah, Rafe did a review uh, uh, way back when it came out um, in theaters, with limited theaters. Uh, He did a review on our Facebook page, so you can check that out there. I haven't seen it yet. It's uh, consensus. Mandy's, Go- Mandy's Gonzo violence is fueled by a gripping performance by Nicolas Cage and anchored with palpable emotion conveyed between his volcanic outbursts. Once again, a guy who is made for horror. And if and, and why I'm sold on this movie, and I want to see it. And any of the listeners out there, please let us know how you thought about it if you saw it. And I'm I'm sure I'm going to have to watch this for sure because after I saw Mom and Dad, I'm like, he's made for horror. And it just that critic review right there. Oh, I'm seeing this movie. If I would have saw this movie coming in, it might have been. I'll let you guys know in the new year after I see it, because before the next show, I promise, I'll watch Mandy. And if it changes any of my order, if it ends up in my top five or even number one, I'll let you guys know for sure. Because I I, I hope it does. 
because I've, I've heard nothing but good things. But the last movie I'm going to talk about and anything we missed that you want to go over, absolutely do, Mike. But the last one I'm going to talk about on this list and my f- number one horror movie of the year, and I know it was Ron's number one horror movie of the year, too, as, as he's falling asleep falling over asleep here on over. us. And 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> A Quiet Place. <laughs> uh, so A Quiet Place, for those of you who saw it, I thought it was my favorite horror movie of the year. I'm going to give you the reasons why. It was a different story than I've seen in a while. Yes. And once again, it was one of those movies where I thought one thing coming in, and it was a whole nother ball ballgame. Two reasons. First of all, it opens fast. You would think that this movie like would be dull because it's quiet. and so, It opens fast. Like, shit happens in the first <laughs> ten minutes, okay? I'm trying not to spoil it for fans who haven't seen it, but it well, happens me, in the first... I do want to see it. It happens in the first ten minutes. <laughs> there, there, shit hits the fan first ten minutes. And then throughout the movie, what makes this movie uncomfortable and horror for me as a person who does not like silence is that the movie is super silent. So any little noise that happens, you jump. You jump at people moving in the theater. Yeah. And you. And the weird part is I, when I saw this movie in the theater, I saw it with my wife too. When I saw this movie in the theater, everybody was equaling the quiet of the movie. Like you were so, so on, on pins and needles. Yeah, everybody was such on the edge of their seat that there wasn't the normal chatter. There wasn't, but any little noise, you were like, yeah. it would startle you. And then when when stuff starts going down, wow, the climax of the movie is just it's phenomenal. It, like the ingenious, great work by uh, John Kroninsky. I think that's how yeah. you say his name. Uh, you know, and and everybody, you know, he also starred in the movie. Yes, he's the director and starred in the movie. And yeah. his wife co-starred. Yes, Emily Blunt. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, lucky it, was, guy. it was a great. Yeah, very lucky, yeah. It was it, it's a great movie. Yes, you should see it. I will not spoil it for you. And I won't I appreciate spoil it for that. It was my number one horror movie of the year, just because I like that kind of ride. If you notice, the two that I picked for my top were both like a ride. They weren't. They weren't. You know, I could have gone with the slasher films. I did enjoy. There was a few this year that I enjoyed quite a bit, but I love those two movies. Yeah, because they were different. Breath, breath of fresh air. Breath of fresh air. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot to add to it. Uh, you you covered everything pretty much that was on my list. There are a lot of them I still need to see because I haven't had a chance to. Overall, and this is with that in mind because there are several of them I haven't seen. Overall, I think that 2018 was one of the most anticipated years for horror in a long time. I have to say that I was extremely disappointed with the output of it. I didn't see hardly anything that I enjoyed. I thought they were all bombs, overrated, the nun, big, 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 big marketing, horrible, That's Halloween. you didn't see the good ones. I didn't see the good ones. That's <laughs> why I'm saying my, my opinion may change when I actually do see things like Hereditary, A Quiet Place, uh, Suspiria. Um, I don't know if it'll change in Suspiria. I don't, I'm not, maybe, I'm not maybe not. Suspiria. Summer of 84. I like, the, I like the first one. I do want to see Summer of 84, though. I That's still need one to see the Meg. Oh, the so. Meg was fun. That's not a horror movie at all, but it is hilarious. It's it's yeah. a good it's a good time. It's a good time. It's like it's like Sharknado, a little more serious, right? <laughs> it's like House Shark, which we still have to watch. We got that at the comedy. Oh, I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, so, no, I, I I think as a whole, I wasn't overly disappointed. This was probably the first year in remembering, and there's some movies I admittedly didn't see, but this is the first year I remember where I enjoyed. Uh, things of the genre a little more than normal. So this um, is the first year that I can say that the TV series that came out, I enjoyed more. Now, I didn't get through uh, American Horror Story. I only watched the first two episodes, and I've kind of lost interest in that show. Uh, loved The Purge. Absolutely, and I think that I speak for everybody when I say I love The Haunting of Hill House oh, yeah. on Netflix. Yeah, uh, you'd be crazy so, if you didn't. Everybody yeah, it. I think this is the first year I can say that the, the series that came out that were horror-related were better than any of the movies. So, my opinion, but... 
you, you, know, that, you still haven't seen Quiet Place Hereditary. Exactly. And, seen, I, and I will You haven't get seen to Mandy. See you haven't seen the, the epic that is Mom and Dad. Yeah. Because that's, that's fun. It's a so fun it's time. possible, in my opinion, may change. Uh, also, I think, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think if you, I think, you know, we need to sit down and watch some movies, do some reviews in the first part of the year. It's a little slow season for horror movies in the yeah, first we'll part of the year. Yeah, catch up. I think, the big, I think the first big horror movie comes out next year would be Pet Cemetery. Uh, yeah, there's some big ones. And I was going to actually touch on this since we are leading into 2019 at this point. And when we come back on the show in two weeks, it will be 2019. So there's some things that, uh, you know, big ones to look forward to. And I think 2019 might be a better year year we have pet cemetery we've got annabelle 3 which has got me mm. excited because it sounds fan. like it's going to be in the from what i'm reading it sounds like it's going to be the conjuring 3 basically even though it's not conjuring 3 is coming after that and but we've got the that. plot for that was just uh revealed that looks good. yes and that conjuring does look 3 good. might look good uh we've got child's play we've got it chapter 2 that's going to be coming out towards the end of the year um so there there's a lot of highly anticipated horror movies coming out in 2019 and, and more I that we probably wait. don't know about yeah exactly uh yeah i think the first major one is pet Cemetery. la llorona that looks fantastic oh, that was, I, I don't know i'm torn I, I oh i think that looks. i awesome. don't know i'm just not a fan usually of ghost stories and this like, is you a have James to Wan? really well that might that might win me over because I, I was gonna say i'm not a fan of ghost stories i, I like conjuring a lot the first one the second one was all right but the first one was really good i have hopes for the third one but yeah, it sounds I, like it's going to be very different. I'm I'm not with you on the Annabelle thing. I just I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, it's, it basically sounds like it's going to be the Conjuring three, but not. I mean, it sounds from what they're uh, describing we'll it, it's going to be Night at the Museum, but oh horror. You know what we for, you know what we forgot to mention in 2018, Leprechaun Returns. Oh yeah, well we haven't seen it yet. No, we need to see that. And I don't think there's really been a whole lot of reviews other than bloody disgusting. Exactly. We need to we need to see Arrow Leprechaun in the head. Returns. We need to see that. Yeah, yeah, I've been so busy. I was going to have you guys over. Some, but we need to get some review on that. Yeah. Maybe we'll eventually. open the new year with soon. that. How, how about that? Maybe I'll make that my goal. New year, first episode of New Year, we'll do a review of uh, Leprechaun Return. It's a goal. That's a goal. That's that's a promise I'm making. That's my New Year's resolution because I plan on keeping it. And I'll only be two wow. days. I'll only be, what, one day into the New Year by the time we record the next episode? <laughs> I was going to try so, to stop eating bread. Hey, that's that's a bold choice. This, <laughs> no, the bold choice is next year I'm going to try to – actually, I will say this for for this podcast because I, I think I'm going to do things as a whole. Like I have, I have so much on my plate. But as for this podcast, my New Year's resolution for Horror Zone 607, being the co-host here, I think I'm going to see more of the movies. Like, even the small ones. Like, because there was a lot on that list that I never saw. I mean, some of them I'm not going to be able to see, let's be honest, because there was some foreign ones that I skipped yeah. past, and I'm just, I don't have the Limited time. release, and but by the time we get them on. anything that I can see, I want to see you next year. So I have, like, a legit, like, list and keep track of, like, all my um, all my stuff. Well, now that we're running a horror podcast and a website, it's soon to be a full website, I think that it's, you know, we're going to have to. So yeah. I agree with you on that. I'm going to do the same thing. That's that's, that's uh, my promise. That's going to be my promise, But too. I want to start that promise by saying, I, I, you know what, I don't care if I have to get these guys together myself or if we have to watch it separately or whatever. First episode of the new year, when you hear us next in two weeks, Leprechaun Returns Review. Because uh, we need to do a proper review for it. And Maybe, I'll be, I'll, I'll do that with you. Yeah, why I'll not? Do Let's you. do that. We will get to. We'll try to get together. And Maybe watch New it. Year's Eve. Yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, before well, Dick's balls a, drop. I have. I have. A, I have a podcast to do on New Year's Eve. But after that, it won't take long. Before Dick Clark's ball drops, yeah. I'll have to watch it. Yeah, that's. So. I'm just saying. I, I gotta. I was gonna say we could do it on New Year's Eve, but I have a. I like I said, I have a podcast to do that day. Yeah, 
first three FN of the year will be recorded <laughs> on Dece- on December thirty first and released on January first. Just so Ooh. you know, so A one two two Productions is starting off the year on the first of January. We're celebrating the new year. We are going to celebrate the new year, and uh, just want to once again wish everybody happy holidays. Hope everybody has a safe Christmas or Hanukkah. Or I think Hanukkah's already over. Kwanzaa, yeah, but still, and Festivus, whatever you, whatever you celebrate. celebrate, even if it's just nothing. I and you know what? We're not, and we're not doing this because we want to be PC. I'm, I'm being honest. I just think that there's a certain level of respect that you should show everybody. I, I, I got really angry about that. I, I, I don't want to get on my social political thing, but I just wanted to make that clear. It's not like we're like, hey, listen, we made a can, you know thing together that we didn't want to offend anybody. I just, I just, I don't care about offending people as much as I care about. Hey, I just want to respect what you believe. Right. Uh, if you know, I believe Christmas, but if you don't, you know, and a lot of people who celebrate Christmas aren't even Christians. They just enjoy the gifts. Let's be honest, hey, and that's fine. I don't to care. Each his own. To each their own. Whatever you want to celebrate, we just hope you have a great time with your family here. Coming into the end of the year, getting gifts, having family time. That's what it's about. That's why we're missing next week because we are going to have family time. And uh, I, I just think that that's the point that we should drive across. I'm going to do tummy time with my little niece. Ah, so there you go. be a lot of time. There a lot of different go. times. There it is. And I, I'm, I'm going to enjoy some food because I'm a fat guy. I know Ron will enjoy some food because he's a fat guy. I'm going to enjoy some food, and I'm somewhat getting there. <laughs> no, you're not, you're not there yet. I'm no, still in pretty good shape. You didn't, you didn't even eat at the buffet when we had the buffet. No, there. I didn't. I watched. <laughs> yeah. I was overwhelmed by all the stars that I had met. <laughs> he was he, he was the honky-tonk man that night. <laughs> it really was. It really was. <laughs> oh, that's a good callback. But anyways, whatever you say, like I said, I'm just going to overshadow what you said. Happy holidays to everybody. Happy New Year because we won't you won't hear from us until after the New Year. But it'll be fresh in the New Year. Yeah, it should you'll, be you'll uh, January, January 2nd 3rd, or 3rd. January 2nd, we'll record the next show. Yeah, and then January 3rd is when the next show it. will drop. So January three days in, you'll get to hear uh, us talk about Leprechaun Returns. There's your teaser for two weeks. That's it. Since I like to do the teaser, there's your teaser for two weeks. And there's your weeks. homework for, for Christmas vacation. Also, yeah, watch it with us. So that way you can add into the conversation. Remember, Horizon 607 on Facebook, at Horizon 607 on Twitter and Instagram. Join that conversation. Hashtag HZ607. Get the word out there. Help us grow even more in the new year. This is We're planning on making 2019 the year of 8122 Productions, and only you guys can help us do that. And that means support Horizon 607. Get us out there. We have a lot planned. we got conventions coming up. We've got movies coming. we got tons. we got a website, movies, a conventions. Lot to look I, you name it, we've got it. I'm going crazy. I don't know where I'm going to find time. That's the only thing I'm missing is time. So and a hug. Oh, you might need a hug too. Well, I get a lot of hugs, but yeah. Where if you want to give me a hug and you see me in public, give me a hug. I, I, I'm working hard. I'm working hard over here. I'm producing a ton of podcasts. I'm trying to make a website. I got. I'm helping promote a, a con. And I, I'm not complaining about any of it. I love every minute of it. It's just I don't have enough time in the physical day. So that's that's where I'm going to leave you with. So hopefully you guys like what you hear. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to us. And Mike, close us out. I can do that. So once again, happy holidays, everybody. We will see you in two weeks. Happy, happy New Year. Happy everything. Happy whatever you celebrate. We'll see you soon back here in the zone. See ya.